Dilip Chudhuri is president and CEO of Walter P. Moore, focusing on the strategic leadership of the firm, alignment of leaders across the firm, and mentoring key direct reports. His visionary leadership has transformed the firm into a digital-first, technology-enabled firm. On this edition of This is Design Intelligence, he talks about the changes he's seen in engineering sciences in the post-pandemic period, the extraordinary innovation happening at Walter P. Moore, and how engineering can help better determine health and healthiness in buildings. Welcome to this edition of This is Design Intelligence, conversations with leadership voices in the built environment. Thanks for joining us on This is Design Intelligence, and it's always a pleasure when you and I get to spend time together. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Dave, uh, for having me as a guest. Very excited to be here. You know, you folks continue to grow. You continue to do extraordinary things in the industry. We watch you pretty much all year round every year. But I'm wondering, as we enter in this conversation, in this, we'll call it post-pandemic period, and I, I hope it's post-pandemic and not some in-between pandemic period, but we're most interested in what changes that you have seen in the engineering sciences and the work that you do now that we've come through this very traumatic time as a world, not just as a nation, but as an entire world, engineering and the design disciplines resident within it play such a critical part to public health. But I'm wondering what you've seen as changes in the engineering sciences in this post-pandemic period. Yeah, Dave, um, I agree with you. A lot has changed. It almost seems very surreal thinking about those pandemic years, and I, I agree with you. I hope it's past us. Um, a lot has changed, but I'd like to kind of point out three things. You know, just as being a president CEO of a consulting business, there's uh, been a greater focus on flexibility for our workforce. Clearly, our business is not for the faint of heart. And talented people will always favor companies that show them that they are valued by offering them high levels of flexibility on where they can work from. We've tried to adopt the best of both worlds. You know, prior to the pandemic, we were all co-located. And during the pandemic, we were all remote. And so we've uh, landed on becoming a hybrid firm where teams decide how they'll be working based on the type of activities they're engaged in. It is also up to our leaders and managers, up to their preferences as they manage the needs uh, that are constantly changing. I think second, there's uh, been an increased war for talent and the cost of business has gone up. Labor costs in any kind of consulting business is our number one cost line item. And that has gone up uh, significantly post-pandemic. And that requires uh, healthy communication internally so people are not thinking about life in the pre-2019 world but uh, and also talking to our clients about just the cost of uh, doing work uh, post-pandemic. The third thing I'd point out is the level of pent-up demand that existed uh, you know through the pandemic years and now, is manifesting itself in the post-pandemic years. 
and also just the level of funding for pandemic recovery from governmental agencies, you know, the outlay, the capital outlay in response to the pandemic is driving a lot of opportunities for the AEC firms. Uh, while there are a lot of headwinds for commercial real estate in aviation, sports, healthcare, even high-tech manufacturing, which is, uh, there's a revival, we've not really experienced any headwinds yet. So those are the three things I'd point out that have changed. It's certainly, a, you're spot on when it comes to this hybrid way of working today. You know, I, I'm in and out of many cities around the world, and I, the one that I'm most get keen on watching is New York City, because it has been one of the number one central business district in the United States. And it's interesting to see how many fewer people are commuting to work, right? So the the hybrid context has really settled in. The exception to that, of course, are in finance and the investment banks, where for some reason they're I guess they have to be a butt in a seat looking at a screen. But <laughs> beyond that, we're seeing so many more really adapt to this new way of working and seeing unbelievable levels of productivity still at play here. I love what you folks are doing and that you're allowing your teams and your team leaders, the managers, the folks to call the shot on when do we need to be together and when can we work virtually. I think it's that level of adaptability to the culture of the firm that says why you want to work at a Walter P. Moore. Instead of demanding this or demanding that, you're allowing this to be more organic, which takes us to your second point in the it's it's beyond a, a battle. It, it is truly a war, a true war for talent that we're seeing. And it's culture that attracts and retains talent more than anything else. And the fact that you folks are being very adaptive in your culture without betraying the core values of the culture is probably one of the keys to ensuring not only attraction, but that long-term retention of the great talent that you folks have. So when you think about all that you folks are doing, because you do have such a talented group, what are the innovations or maybe even breakthroughs that you're seeing happen at Walter P. Moore through this period? Yeah, you know, as they say, you never let a crisis go to waste. And we've been, uh, you know, looking at our business, thinking about the future and about changes that are occurring. And it's kind of hard to conceive everything. But there's a lot of uh, innovation that's happening at Walter P. Moore. We're a highly diversified firm. And I, I will share and speak about four instances of innovation that's really grown seeds. And we've harvested some of it uh, within Walter P. Moore. The first one is innovation around delivery using our digital practice and the creation of something called the Central Information Database, and we call it the SID. And, and think of SID as a middleware that allows us to pass design information from maybe a parametric design software to an analysis software back to a design documentation software. This truly has huge benefits of making design changes quickly and efficiently and allows our team members and leaders to be really the ultimate collaborator on a project. And that's how big projects get done because of the complexity. The second is uh, something very special to me 
And it's obviously something that Walter P. Moore has never done before, is innovation around materials. We were co-creators of Viewscape, and we worked with a industry leader called Matico. And what Viewscape is, is the next generation of enclosure technology. It is a competitor to ETFE, and it's a lot better than ETFE. Viewscape is a material that's an ideal choice for long-span, transparent roof structures. It offers exceptional clarity and a lot of strength and really huge solar performance advantages. So the material Viewscape is four times as stronger than, than traditional ETFE. So you can really have large, long-span roofs, and then you can reduce the cost of the structural secondary structural steel when you're using Viewscape instead of ETFE. It's also very customized to meet uh, various project needs uh, in terms of thermal requirements, and it's perfect for stadiums, airports, concert venues, cultural facilities. Currently, a major NFL stadium is strongly considering it for a Viewscape for its roof and the facade. So the power of Viewscape is all around the clarity of the material. So it's almost like having sunglasses for the roof, right? You can see from the inside, from but the outside, it's very, very reflective. So you can have any kind of tinting and coating. Can grass still grow under Viewscape? You know, we are currently in the process of exploring that. It's a, it's a tricky proposition, but that research is ongoing right now. Wow, you'll have cracked the code if you can do all of that and and do everything else you're talking about. That would be magnificent, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's a great question, Dave, because I, I, I don't know whether you're familiar with the State Farm Stadium where they recently had the Super Bowl, the previous Super Bowl, which is where the Arizona Cardinals play. We designed that stadium. And we've got not only a retractable roof, but we've got a retractable field. And the reason you have the retractable field is to allow exactly what you just said for allow natural grass to grow. So it's a big deal. And and we're working on the research on that. The third innovation, I would say, is around, um, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And it's still early days, but we've certainly used machine learning and AI to be able to scrub both still images and drone videos to identify and classify defects on buildings and also on infrastructure and place all that defect information elegantly on a 3D model. This allows us to really successfully maintain assets for owners quite cost-effectively. So somebody who's got hundreds of buildings, they may not want to spend the money to do the repairs unless they absolutely need it. So, you know, maybe every year or depending upon how critical the facility is, you you run drones on the same pattern, acquire the images, and then our AI and ML can really compare data from previous years and, you know, obviously mark up defects and create reports. So that's been really good for us. And then the, I would say the, the fourth uh, innovation is we've realized that technology is uh, a huge advantage for Walter P. Moore, but it's also getting to a point where 
some of our partners in the industry are not keeping up. And so we've developed a suite of services around technology consulting, such as uh, IT managed services, high-level consulting at board at the board level and assessments, cybersecurity, software development, AR and VR uh, implementation services for the AEC industry. And so that is an outcome of just not only our capabilities, but just knowing how smoothly, you know, during the pandemic, we moved from being 100% co-located to just being in from, uh, I would say, 30 offices to 800 plus offices because everybody was working from home. The amazing things you guys are doing. You're, you're, you never stop. Everybody's always moving it at Walter P. Moore. And it's not like it's a bunch of crazy people doing a bunch of crazy things. You, you, it's very gauged. It's very planned. People are, they're very uh, defined projects beyond the work of projects we're doing for clients. I would describe Walter P. Moore as a learning culture. It's always learning to better itself, to better its clients, which is, I will tell you, uh, a real distinctive of the firm. The thing I always enjoy when you and I get time together is we range far and wide in our conversations. We'll talk about economics. We'll talk about what's going on in the Middle East. We'll talk about what's going on in Asia Pacific and China. You and I are often talking about major changes happening outside our industry and other industries and all those, how they reflect back on the built environment. Dave, I'd just make a comment here. I think kudos to you and Design Intelligence because you brought that kind of information, clarity, and knowledge and offered it to the AEC industry, at least those who are willing to learn. And I've always enjoyed everything that you put on from a, a global perspective on what's happening internationally on topics that are related to our industry, but are not easy to really capture data and, you know, uh, make it knowledge, right? You know, distill it into things that really informs us. And so I think you've done an excellent job with your team and you've had some real subject matter experts, very impressive group of people Who've, who've been keynote speakers at your various events. So kudos and thank you. Well, well, thanks. Thanks for the, thanks for the kudos back. Cause I was going to say the same thing to you. All of your, I'm going to guess all of your life growing up, you have been a curious sort. What is it that took you from wherever you began and ended you up as a leader of a major engineering what do you believe were some of the core traits in yourself that led you to this position of leadership? Oh, that's a that's a great question. I don't reflect on it as much, but I would say that a couple of things. Uh, my father was an entrepreneur. He was a developer. My grandfather's a civil engineer. My sister is an architect. She's got her own architecture firm. And so I've been around business for a long time and entrepreneurs for a long time, particularly in the AEC space. And so that truly was a advantage for me. Plus, when you live in you know, a city like Kolkata, where you grew up, I grew up in Kolkata, I mean, you know, 14 and a half million people, 
at least then it's probably grown now and and you know you can put me anywhere in the world and I'll be fine so you have that confidence in being able to deal with all kinds of situations my my university that I went to undergraduate my undergraduate program was in India the the guy who was ahead of me by a year runs Microsoft Satyam Nadala was from Manipal Institute of Technology my my colleague my other colleague ran Nokia for a while Rajiv Suri and then there were others uh you know done other things so very very much growing up in an entrepreneurial environment and then coming back and being in a university where you had a lot of people who had an entrepreneurial mindset was very helpful and then honestly coming to the US I uh, went to SUNY Buffalo there was a lot of opportunity to kind of meet with people from all over and just engaging with people understanding what they what makes them tick created uh, a a source of joy and learning for me and i like you said i i really think that uh we're always trying to be that continuously learning firm but it starts with me too and i shared that story on what i'm learning today and this week and this month with my team members so i think it's just been that kind of mindset that has helped me along the way and leadership and and success all of that stuff is is a team sport and so there are a lot of people within Walter P Moore we have an awesome team that have really contributed towards the the growth and success of Walter P Moore so uh, you know i i fortunately because of my role i get a lot of credit for the work that a lot of our people do so you know due credit belongs to where it must so i i've got to acknowledge uh my my great team Yeah, and I think you do a wonderful job that way. I was reading recently out of Peter Drucker, if you'll remember him, one of the famous thinkers about business, and he says that the ultimate role of a leader is to help others, that is the people they lead, become their highest and best. And so often that is lost because leaders often are self-aggrandizing they're they're folks who only want to promote themselves when when drucker says to us that the the ultimate leader is leading others to their highest and best and you can kind of see that happening through your life so engineering is everywhere we see that and i want to know what you're seeing is how engineering has been best used to help us better determine health and healthiness in our buildings I, you know certainly when we think about MEP as a core engineering discipline uh focused on the quality of the air that we breathe it goes beyond MEP how how else is engineering being used to better determine health and healthiness in all of the buildings that we live in yeah and i think you know if you look at the post covid context i would go with you know what you started to talk about things like indoor air quality thermal comfort acoustics lighting uh if you want uh, there's been a major flight to quality in commercial real estate right people want to go to better buildings access to nature to name a few this all of this has been very important to the occupant particularly when firms are trying to draw people back into buildings clearly buildings that have a higher performance have uh, also a higher return to the office uh 
we do see, you know, things that were ignored before, things like HEPA filters and UVGI filters, which are what our mechanical uh, consultants are specifying, are becoming more and more important. Architects are paying attention to more finishes such as antimicrobial paints, wood, better textiles, uh, better plants that can improve your indoor air quality, things like natural ventilation. All of that is key trends. You know, simply put, really better buildings will uh, result in, you know, higher levels of productivity. And that's a big deal. You can do the calculation and it, it really, really works. The location of buildings, you know, overall, it matters in the CBD also matters, you know. Our occupants, people who are coming into a building, that community, they want better options in terms of food quality. They want to be able to access other things such as health and fitness facilities in the building or around the building. From a technology perspective, we talked about, you know, the commercial real estate headwinds. Today's technology can allow you to visualize and other adaptive reuse of existing buildings. Even though that's a very expensive proposition, as this tsunami of issues around commercial real estate becomes real, you're going to have a lot of buildings that are going to be so-called zombie buildings. And that's when the creative thinkers in our industry will find ways to to do other things with buildings because if you look at a knee major downtown if there's if there's a sports facility you know you may have 70,000 people come downtown to watch a sports game yet our buildings are fairly empty on a Friday, on a Monday, you know, maybe you get a little more traffic on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So such is the issues that exist. And I think the quality of the buildings are getting better. And uh, we are paying attention to things that make people feel good when they're inside these spaces. That's extraordinary. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Are we bettering human health? Are we bettering the human condition through design. And that's really what we're called to at the end of the day in this in this place. I just want to say thank you for taking the time to do this with me today. I certainly appreciate it. Oh, it's a privilege and an honor. So thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this edition of This is Design Intelligence. The producer is Laura Spells. The sound engineer is Jared Knabel. This has been a DI Media Group production.